What's up, everybody? Hello and welcome to episode number 131 of The VK Bros with Jason and Alex Von Cannell coming at you on a Saturday night. It is friggin' hot at the moment. It's been an absolute heat wave the last couple of days, and I'm sure that everyone's been feeling it. You know, it was 40 degrees down here yesterday, Alex? Yeah, that's mental. Yeah, absolutely mental. But on the on the positive side, I did just get my power bill, and after I finished, uh, I uh, fixed the, my solar inverter a few months ago, it's like literally half what it was the previous No way. Morning. Yeah. Is that different? Yeah. Here's, here's a fun fact for you. Uh, well, it's not, it's not that fun. This is like welcome to adulting. So I got an $80 solar feed-in credit, but mm-hmm. my total bill was about 350 bucks. And I think I pay... I only make like $0.05 cents per kilowatt hour with solar feed-in, but I pay about... It's about 28 or 25 to $0.28 cents per kilowatt hour from, uh, from Origin Energy. So in other words, I make about five times less for the power I generate than they do. Mm. So if you multiply my $80 feed-in credit... By five, it's four hundred bucks. So I actually created as much energy as I bought from Origin during the month. Well, from a dollar value. From a dollar not, value. Yeah, yeah, but not in terms of actual production. Well, yeah, no, that's in terms of actual production because it's kilowatt Would... hours used. It's just that my kilowatt hours that I generate are worth five times less than what theirs are, which is why no, the bill okay, is so... different. The metric I want to see is how much, like, how much did you generate in terms of kilowatt hours compared to what did you use? That's well, I don't, I don't have those numbers in front of me, but I'm sure that yeah, it, yeah, it would line up. One to one. Yeah. So if I get if I get eighty dollars, I, I don't believe that. Okay, hear, hear me, head. Let's do some simple math. If I get eighty dollars, yeah, yeah, I, I, I get that. But yeah. I'm saying that your house cannot just survive off. No, it it absolutely can't. But what I'm saying is that I think because I'm at home during the day and I'm mainly like I'm running air cons and stuff during the day as well. I'm thinking the only power that we actually pay for is the stuff we use at night time when the sun's disappeared, which is probably a bit of an illustration for uh, the difficulties with moving our entire energy grid to renewables, because we we are basically uh, one to one sufficient during the day. But as soon as there's no sunshine, then we're buying power. So you're not one... When you say you're one-to-one, does that mean you're half? Well, during the daytime. When the sun's out, I'm making everything that I use. When the sun's not out, then I'm having to buy electricity, essentially. Right. This is riveting stuff, riveting stuff. Um, Apart from that this week, uh, just to give a bit of a a parenting update. So last Saturday morning was Nate's first day at Kids Sports. So there's this program they call Ready Steady Kids, and it's like a real basic, skills-based, fun uh, sporting activity. And he only turned three last week, and so therefore he just just qualifies for the three to four-year-old age group. Mm-hmm. So we went to that as a trial last week. He absolutely loved it, and obviously I've had the I've had the dream about being the Saturday morning sport dad because I played sports all all through my childhood as well. So. Now I'm officially a Saturday morning sport dad. So we went, we did that last Saturday morning and we did it this morning as well. He's absolutely loved it. At the same time this week, I got a bit stitched up because at his kindy, they did a sort of similar program, similar company, but for soccer. Mm-hmm. And they just ran a trial on Thursday. And then he absolutely loved that. So now I have to pay for that every Thursday as well. So literally all of a sudden, this kid's costing me like, it's about 30 bucks a week in sports now. <laughs> 
doesn't sound like a lot. Sounds like your uh, it's an investment. Solar pa- sounds like your solar panels paying for it. I just wish I could strap a solar panel to his back, and then it would pay for his bills. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's mm. not how it works. So, what's been happening in your world now? Oh, I've just been sweating my ass out in the in the shed. Had a good oh, day yeah. yesterday. Sold two, bought one, which mm-hmm. is always a good good day. But in like thirty five degree heat, it's probably forty something inside the shed. Oh, it'd it'd be at least mid forties yeah. in the shed. It was crazy. It was mm. crazy. But um, yeah, no, it's good. Nice. It's good. Nice. I uh, should actually, by the time people listen to this, I should be signing a new deal on a new company I've started, which I will not talk about until I get further along. Right. Okay. So, yeah. Leave them, leave them on a bit of a cliffhanger. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah come yeah. back. Oh, I also want to start the show just by saying shout out to our new follower on Rumble. Welcome to, hey, uh, welcome, welcome to the crew. Thank you. Um, big, big uplift in views from last week. Uh, which is awesome. So thank you for anyone who has just found our channel or just, uh, you know, stumbled across us. Hopefully you're sticking around and please hit the follow button, hit the like button, leave a comment down the bottom because obviously you guys know how social media works and all these video platforms that really helps us out and pushes out into the algorithm. I really do feel like we found a home in Rumble. Uh, We spoke about it last week bit disheartening with all the censorship stuff on youtube and sort of having to leave what we'd built there ironically i actually went back on youtube we've we picked up four subscribers and we haven't posted on there for yeah, almost two months um sh- i think we should talk about how we got to potentially how we got to the result okay go jason's been a naughty boy so we had an agreement and, and, and anyone that saw my um my instagram story or the video that went around. Jason does all the editing, all the uh, posting, all the descriptions. He titles them. Does a really good job. But we were just getting, like, shadow bent. Effectively shadow bent. So we were, we were just screaming into the ether. Like, no one was seeing our stuff. And we can see all the analytics. So we know what, what uh, gets picked up and what doesn't. And literally the only people that... It, there were some videos that had like two views because it was, and it yeah. was just us two. So we know that that's not real. Um, so I thought, let's run a test and we will not put any naughty words in the description. So that was that was the, the thing that we, uh, we discussed. And Jason had a really generic, and it was beautiful, I loved it, which is like this week we talk about things, you know? Yeah. And, and that that's all it was. So if anyone who clicked on the link was a bit confused by the lack of detail, that's why. We're running a test. Well, twice as many people clicked on it. So, yeah. Uh, now, the other thing that he didn't do was he didn't moderate or he didn't sense, self-censor the thumbnail that he made. So he sends me this thumbnail and it's got the FDA logo on it. TGA. TGA, sorry. TGA logo. And... I was like, no, that's not going to work. That's not going to work. Because I know how these, like, these these bots... We don't get blocked by people. We get blocked by bots. There's bots that just run over everything. So he asked me to make a better uh, make a better version. Uh, I like the, the thumbnail. I just didn't want a bot to see the uh, TGA logo on there. So I got the crayon feature and I crossed it out so that a human could still read it. But I checked, I, so on, on, I have an iPhone, and on the iPhone, you've got a, a button that you can push that can, like, screen read. 
mm-hmm. and it could no longer read the screen. It, could, it couldn't read that part of the screen. Mm-hmm. So we put it up, much to Jason's dismay, but I think we got a result. We absolutely got a result. Yeah, potentially did. Um, we'd probably have to try to keep doing that for a few more weeks. The, the thing that really annoyed me is the most recent strike. So we actually got, uh, we got a strike on Instagram and Facebook. And I actually couldn't believe it. Because after all the stuff that we post about, the thing that we got a strike for was that I shared a post that Joe Rogan had put up about the government-funded study in America on um, food health which said that eating Lucky Charms was actually healthier for you than eating steak. And I didn't even do like a full post. All I did was share that post to our story on Instagram and obviously it shared over to Facebook and literally just had, like it had the story there and I just said, uh, I put a comment on it saying, and I thought the food pyramid that we grew up with in the 90s was bad. Uh, 2023 US government hold my Lucky Charms. That's all I said. And then that, actually we got a full detailed strike from instagram and saying that we're basically going to be not shown in certain sections of the website for the next 90 days so after all the stuff that we've spoken about with COVID and the war and everything like that the last thing i thought would get us done is just posting up something saying that lucky charms is healthy and steak but but this is the world that we live in you know why though you know why that happened because it's something from rogan's page no because that that graphic and this actually this should lead into what we'll talk about that graphic is out of context because although it reads like lucky charms were healthier than beef that's not what the actual article said so the what the what the article goes into is it actually categorizes a bunch of stuff and it says that in this category this thing is better than that thing but it, but the, all those bits are in different sections so it's, it's like our, you know, our um, star system yeah. that we have here, where it says, like, it, in, as far as chocolates go, Milo's two and a half star. Yeah, f- which, which is the deception of the systems being used. Totally. Which is designed totally. to make cheap, totally. like, high-profitable products seem healthier to the average punter. Totally. But where, where we need to be smarter is... That that image without context is misleading. Now we could say, "Hey, they have mis- misled," mm-hmm. but we also need to understand that if, if now they've realised they've made a mistake, and that and the government or these bodies have uh, have a plug into big tech, uh, we need to be conscious of of like, "Hey, we need to know exactly what that thing is before we post it up," um, and B, we need to be smarter with how we obfuscate it from bots because what they would have done is they would have said hey this thing's going around it's red hot and it actually doesn't say what we want it to say throttle it click Mm. throttle but all all that does to me is it just exposes how nefarious the censorship regime actually is because i mean you see memes every single day and a meme is like pretty much every single meme is taking something out of context that's kind of how memes work satire is different yeah but some of it's a fine line right for sure, but I don't think this one was. I'm not surprised that this thing got got throttled. Look, it sucks. I think I think it's a heavy hand to put a 90 day um, ban on it. Like I think that's crazy. Oh, I actually think that's crazy. Mm. But that we need to be smarter. 
one of the guys that we follow, so John Campbell on YouTube is probably doing it better than anyone else. Mm-hmm. Now, he is not allowed to say the things that he wants to say, yep. but he says it in a way that keeps him on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he's very still good gives at it. you the information. So he's very good at it. So that, I mean, that's, if we're talking solutions, we need to be smarter about yeah. how we do it. And I think last week's description and, and thumbnail is an example. And look at the cut through that we got was, was very... Uh, very good. I mean, put in the comments. Go back to that video, please. If, if uh, your Rumble viewers, put in the comments. What was it that that, that got you there? Mm-hmm. What did what we group with? Did you search us? Like, give us some feedback. Because yep. like, did we show up on like we could have just shown up on the Rumble front page? Uh, it could because it could even be things like, you know, for for one with the whole thumbnail thing, the thumbnail wouldn't have made a difference on Facebook because that thumbnail never made it to Facebook because mm-hmm. Rumble was having issues with actually uploading thumbnails, ironically, last week when I was trying to do them all. So the Facebook link that came through actually just had the opening page of right. the show. So it wasn't Facebook. And with Instagram, uh, obviously, we've got the link in our bio or on the story when we actually advertise it so well and that's the other thing we want to do too is move the link so have it we'll have a post first and then move the link because i think i mean meta doesn't want people off the platform so if there's any if any pathway off the platform they're going to curb that too yeah yeah so look it's interesting It, it even could just literally be because now we've got a presence on twitter and now maybe some people from Twitter are stumbling across us. So I guess like what you said, Alex, is the, is the best thing. Let's ask you guys, anyone who, ju- yeah. who did just come and see the show, maybe even for the first time last week, why did you come and have a look? Like if you can let us know, that actually really, really help us out. And we'll run some tests and you might see some weird stuff or hear some weird stuff. So Oh, well, that's what you come we'll here to the show it. for, isn't it? Seeing yeah. and hearing some weird stuff. Yeah. Speaking of seeing and hearing some weird stuff, there's a story that came out this week which actually perfectly aligned with what we spoke about last week in regards to uh, regulatory capture of uh, regulators like the TGA because all of a sudden out of nowhere the head of the TGA Professor John Skerritt announced his retirement Mm -hmm. uh, effective of I think it's sometime in April uh, that his his term is coming to an end now I like to think that maybe he was one of the people who watched last week's episode and was like, oh, shit, they've got me. And he's, he's gone yeah, and retired. But, but just yeah. very interesting timing, right? Like, literally all of a sudden, because I think he still had years to go on his contract uh, wow. before it was due for renewal. And just just another one of the... Like, when it comes down... Sorry, to- I need to turn this fan on. I am so hot. Yeah, okay. Um, we apologise in advance if there's a little bit of background I'll aim it down. wind noise. Uh, it's just that? too hot. And Alex is just going to... Yeah, I can hear it, but it, it's fine. Can I move it? Holly, can I move it? If, it? if I move it away from the mic? I mean, it's either a little bit of wind noise or just looking at you becoming a sweaty I'm, and sweaty oh, dude, I'm starting to sweat. Show, so. yeah. is, that, is that better? Yeah, it sounds fine to me. So it's going to depend on obviously the uh, the listeners, really. Okay. But, Sorry, uh, guys. Yeah, yeah. But getting back to the to the story. So John Skerritt, when it comes to the vaccine rollout in Australia, he is probably the most important figure mm. because he ultimately was the gatekeeper. So as the head of the TGA, he's the head of the body which made the decision to approve these vaccines. 
for you based on the best in Australia. Based on the best, was it best was available the line? data? Yeah, yeah. Now it's interesting that you say that too, because when I was going through and look, we haven't we haven't uh, pulled up any resources because the actual press release was pretty short. And actually, I think it, it came out yesterday. You said Tasha saw it yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Friday afternoon again. Yeah, yeah. right. Typical. Friday afternoon. So. The press release was very short. It was basically just the facts saying that he was resigning. It was uh, his last time is in in April, and then listing off all of his achievements uh, in the office. And look, no no doubt he did some good things while he was in office as well. Like we we don't pretend for uh, a, a minute that uh, all of these people are just purely evil. Uh, some people make mistakes, so I'm sure that he did some uh, really really good things whilst he was in his position. Just to recap, what like what this is about. So if you, if you didn't catch us last week, um, the TGA is the Therapeutic Goods Administration. They're the ones that decide in Australia whether a therapeutic gets approved or not. Mm-hmm. And we spoke about a British medical journal um, report that came out last year that talked about their how much of their budget is funded by industry. And it's 96 percent. It's yeah. basically all funded by the by industry, and where that's a problem is like you're like, hold on, if if you don't approve the stuff, then the the then your funding goes away. Yeah, so exactly. You're just screwed, right. So you lose jobs, you lose income. Yeah. yeah, and then even worse than that, they they try to find out how many direct financial conflicts of interest that the the committee members. Of the TJ had, so the, uh, so the committee members who were on uh, the approval team of the COVID nineteen vaccine. So there was ten committee members, mm. just to be specific, and fifty percent of them said that they did have a direct financial conflict of interest. Yeah, and the other fifty so, percent didn't answer, which means yeah. theirs is probably even worse <laughs> than the fifty percent that did answer. Well, I mean, here's a test. So we have a list of people that we're going to continue following throughout their career. Mm. Gladys Berejiklian is one. Uh, uh, what's the deputy? What's his, what was her deputy's name? John Barillaro. John Barillaro. Oh, he's and just been uh, a, a barrel of laughs ever since yeah. he's left. Jacinda too. Ardern. Yeah. We're going to follow. And Jacinda Ardern scary. will end up doing something funded by BlackRock. Yeah, which is hard because... BlackRock's the largest... I mean, they own more companies than any... They're the largest asset manager on the planet. Yeah, yeah. I think so, they've got seven trillion under management. Yeah, and they they are really... Like, when you, when you look at the whole COVID pandemic thing and you try to look at who the villain is, it's them. Like, because they, they are the majority shareholder in pretty much every company that's part of the whole ecosystem whether it's the vaccine companies, the social media companies, the news media companies, like every part of it that was that was colluding together, it, they're colluding together because the number one shareholder is the same firm, which being BlackRock. So. It just reminded me, I want to give a bit of a shout out. I just watched a podcast before we, we came on here. Uh, it's Dr. Drew. You know Dr. Drew? Yeah, yeah. And Dr. Drew had... Uh, oh, what's his name? Dr. Ryan Cole? No, no, no. Hold on. I'll bring it up. Um, because if you want someone to explain 
probably from a little bit of a different angle, mm-hmm. uh, Dell Bigtree. Ah, uh, yeah. I actually watched that this afternoon too, funnily enough. It was good, right? Yeah. Yeah, really So good. we'll put we'll put the link uh, in the show notes. And if you go over and... and, and because his... His... Like, Dell's... Uh, tri- sort of um, hackles got... got um, sort of inflamed. He fired up. He fought it, but he but he was onto it from a very different angle to the way that we were, mm-hmm. and he's so into it now that he's got like multiple legal proceedings all over yeah. America. He's funding all these lawyers to like make sure that the military don't have to get they're not forced. Um, well, yeah, they've actually had... gotten rid of the military mandate now as well. Yeah, so so he he's really 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 into it. But mm. and it's funny coming from Doctor Drew too. So Doctor Drew was a guy who was very pro facts at the start yeah he's getting all his piece he's been a doctor for 40 years he's getting all his patients to get vaccinated i think he had an adverse event he did as well yep. he got injured and um now like he started looking at the data and he's like oh man this is like yeah. not what we thought it's it, he's another guy who uh i actually started trying to watch some of his stuff back when i first started watching john campbell's and i couldn't watch it because he John Campbell's far more data-driven. Dr. Yeah. Drew is still a little bit network television-y, even though sure. it's his own online stuff. So I just found it a bit too cringe. Like, I could cop uh, John Campbell just talking through data, but I it, I found it harder to stomach Drew stuff. So I've only recently come back to him in the past, probably even the past month, really. Mm. Uh, Dr. Drew, was he's been like a radio host for that 40 years. Yeah, well. so that, that's, that's hard yeah. to get that out of your system, right? Yeah. Um, but... Some of the guests he's had on, like he he often I've seen two shows with um, Dr. Ryan Cole on, who Dr. Ryan Cole on the show, not Dr. Ryan Cole. Yeah, I was I say, just, that was an unfortunate. Yeah, I, I should just specify, but um, Dr. Ryan Cole, he is from what is the big medical crew um, in America? I know that's not really narrowing it down. Doctors without uh, borders. No, nah, it's not. Hold on. Let me look him up, up just briefly. Oh. Again, riveting stuff. Everyone loves dead air while you try to figure out something <laughs> that you should have researched before the show, eh? Yeah. Uh, 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 uh. Oh, I just love it. How So I've, <laughs> I've just searched Dr. Ryan Cole. The first thing is from factcheck.org. Idaho doctor makes baseless claims about safety of COVID-19 vaccines. This is from the 19th of April, 2021. Second one. Uh, factcheck.org, Ryan Cole Archives. So they obviously don't want you talking about this guy. Well, can, can, can I flash up a fact-checked uh, article? Yep. Here we go. Do you need to change your, your screen? Uh, no, no, we're good. We're good. Here we go. This one's been... This has got two ticks for fact-checked. USA Today, kids at increased risk of heart attacks due to gaming and memes. It's the <laughs> memes, Jason. It's been the memes the whole time. In the wake of the fully jabbed NFL player Demar Hamlin's massive heart attack last week, USA Today took the opportunity to remind readers that heart attacks are increasing among children to gaming and memes. This can't be real, right? Well, unfortunately, it is real, and you just well, hold on. Who's who's USA Today? This is this a no? Sorry, who's News Punch? Is this a satirical site? Is this the Onion? Uh, 
It, you know what? These days, it's really hard to tell. <laughs> With is. everything they're trying to blame heart attacks on, it's really difficult to see what is satire and what is not. Because, ref's whistle is still the most ridiculous in my mind. Well, yeah. yeah. Uh, ref's whistle, people eating too many eggs, yeah. uh, not getting enough sleep, which that can actually that can actually do it. But yeah, there's a whole bunch of things. Anyway, I, I can't even find where he used to work. Um. Oh my god, this is this is going to drive me mental. Until I can did we talk? Out. Did we talk about the king of Thailand last week? No, we didn't. That is probably oh, something. Sorry, that that's yeah. That's kind that, of kind of important. Yeah, the king of Thailand's daughter, also one of the princess, the princess of Thailand, has been in a coma for three weeks now. Yes, and and it is believed to have been through uh an adverse event 20 what was it 23 days after her third dose yeah and another one of the king's daughters i think has had ha, uh, had an event as well and now he's pissed he's flown this expert in to talk to his team about it it looks like they're going to nullify the uh the contracts from Pfizer. Yeah, the agreement with Pfizer. yep and um so that's that's where that um, cryptic post came from about yeah, keep hashtag your eyes, eyes on, on Thailand. Eyes on Thailand. Keep yeah. an eye on Thailand because Thailand doesn't have the same. Um, they're not influenced as much by the West because so they're, they're a kingdom. Yep. Uh, all their money comes primarily. I think ninety percent is tourism, so tourism from all over the world. Yep. Um, so. They, they don't really have to... They don't owe the world anything. Yeah, they do don't have I mean? the They're, same constraints that a lot of the other Western countries do. Yeah, so we'll... Um, yeah, we'll keep an eye on Thailand. Oh, and look, we hope that the um, the princess is... Um, she comes good because coma's pretty bad. Like, I, I that's the first I've heard of it. Uh, someone in coma. Yeah, it, it could have even been an induced coma because of uh, whether it might be heart inflammation or something like that. That maybe if she mm. moves around or does too much, it actually uh, jacks up her heart rate too much. I'm not really too sure, but like, just let's just clarify one thing right right now. There's a perception out there by a lot of the pro-vax crowd that anytime we see a story about maybe some sort of vaccine injury or someone dying suddenly of a heart attack or something like that, that we celebrate about it. Because it's like, oh, we were right, you were wrong. It is absolutely not that at all. This is the unfortunate byproduct of the thing that we were screaming from the, you know, screaming into the void on YouTube about not being able to be seen for the last two years. We don't want this to happen. We never wanted this to happen. Yeah. Any of these injuries happening is not a good thing. But what you need to just, what everyone needs to consider is our threshold for acceptance of injury from a medical product now compared to three years ago. Mm. If there was any medication that came out three years ago that was even voluntary to take that had the adverse events that we're seeing now, everyone would have been up in arms about it. And it would have yeah, been ripped absolutely. off the market in five seconds. Yep. Our tolerance for vaccine injury is a hundredfold uh, softer than now than it was back then, because we've been, we've been trained to be that way. We've been trained yeah. to do that, and you're right; it is absolutely unacceptable. Because 
we could see from an early on, this is one of the things that Del Bigtree spoke about on Dr. Drew that I, I watched today as well. You could see early on that the majority of people affected by COVID were elderly and immunosuppressed. Like we saw it in Australia in, the, in 2020, where did all the first people die? Nursing homes in Victoria. Yeah. The majority of people died in those nursing homes. So we could see, and like other people got infected around them. There was, you know, 30,000 cases, 909 deaths in 2020. Yeah, where are the nurse deaths? Where are the care worker deaths? That's right. So you, so you could see like in real time, if you watch the data and this is where like, this is where all the conspiracy theorists, like all of us, this is where we, where we ask, start asking all the questions because no one's been transparent with the data at all. So as the data was rolling in, you could see a clear trend appearing throughout the beginning of the pandemic. And then when you could start to pick up on that trend and more importantly, people started speaking about those trends, all of a sudden they took that data away from you. So they stopped reporting uh, the deaths based on age or comorbidities or anything like mm-hmm. that. It was just deaths, 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 cases, cases, cases. So they, for anyone who's a critical thinker trying to figure this stuff out on the fly, they literally removed any key piece of information they possibly could that you could use with your own discernment to figure out what is going on, but they kept everything in there to keep you scared. And it's that fear that changed the acceptance of adverse reactions to where we're at now. Because we, everyone was so trained to fear COVID. Like, people still accept that, oh, yeah, like, you know, it's just a rare adverse event. It's just a rare adverse event. Yeah, because they say, and not because it's rare, just because people said the word rare. So now you have That's right. now you associate it with rare. But guess oh, it's what? It's rare because they said rare. Yeah, and serious illness from COVID is a rare adverse event of COVID. Right, it yeah. only it only affects immunocompromised and old and elderly people, and we know now the vaccines do nothing to stop transmission. So you getting vaccinated does nothing to protect anyone else. So I got can... a phone call from friends of mine this week. They've got COVID for the second time now. Yep. they cannot shake it. Yeah, they are sicker than they've ever been. They've got like uh, their heart heart rates are going to like one hundred and ninety beats per minute. All vaccinated. Yeah, and I've got friends. I've got multiple friends with bursitis. Yep, never had it before. Just yep. got it. Inflammation, <clears throat> and as all the latest data is suggesting, the more shots you get, uh, specifically of mRNA yeah. shots, yeah, the more likely you are to get infected. So he's going to be the crazy. He's going to be the crazy stat. So we know now that it looks like one in eight hundred uh, vaccines cause a severe adverse event. Now, can I just make a clarification on that? That one in 800 was based on a reanalysis of the original phase three trials. Yeah. We don't know what the adverse event profile is of the new bivalent they just released. Yeah. So, but let's just go with the, the, the number that we do know, which is one in 800. Yeah. That has not factored in age groups. So what's going to probably yeah. happen is older people probably going to have far less than uh, one in 800 but young people will have way more and the other number that they're sprouting is they think in the old demographic you needed to vaccinate 17,000 people to get one uh, like to, to one stop less one person. hospitalization it's not even yeah, one death. hospitalization yeah and 180,000 people to stop one young person 
from going. Yeah. So like when that that risk, you know how they kept saying, oh, um, you know, you've just got to like the weigh benefits up the far risk. outweigh the risks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but no, you they take seventeen thousand, so seventeen thousand people vaccinated to stop one hospitalization, and a serious adverse event is defined as an adverse event which causes hospitalization. Mm. Take seventeen thousand divided by eight hundred, and it's more than one. Therefore, the risk profile is heavily weighted towards getting COVID over getting vaccinated. And guess what? If you get vaccinated, you're still going to get COVID anyway. Yeah. So you're yeah. rolling the dice on both. Yeah. And when they when they redo when they break this up by age and sex, there's going to be some cohorts that are going to like they're going to they could be in the tens. It could be like one in eighty people. Yeah, in in particular cohorts. So, uh, watch this space now. now I just oh, I sorry, just want to Twitter real. I just want to say this... briefly before you move on, there is all like you are seeing the cover up now already playing out of the adverse events. It's all over the media. Like Alex showed that that uh, article before. That could be satire, but it could be le- completely legit- legitimate. They might even be saying memes when it comes to kids because maybe kids see more memes and might get too jacked up about a meme and. Might cause their heart to explode. But I was listening to No Agenda uh, just as I was putting Jake down before the show. And they brought up, and I saw this on Twitter the other day, but they brought up there was a a news presenter in America who has just come back from like a, a month's long or maybe a couple of months long hiatus from the air. And she's done this own, this whole segment. And you know she's being paid to do this. But her segment was basically her going, so... I can tell from my Twitter feed that I know a lot of you have been wondering about my absence from the air. And then she starts telling this story. And I'll give you the short version. The short version is she uh, had developed pericarditis and her doctor had told her that she developed it from the common cold. Yeah. <laughs> and that <laughs> knocked her around for weeks. And it still knocked around a little bit after that. And then she, she'd gone on some drugs and she thought she was doing better. And then she got knocked for six again, went back to the doctors, and then they diagnosed her with myocarditis. So she got both. So that's the inflammation of the heart muscle and the lining around the heart itself. So both of them. And they're, they're, they're trying to explain this story about how the common cold has caused this. Now, it's not the common cold itself, but it's her body's reaction to the common cold, which has caused this heart inflammation. And they're literally trying to normalize now that common colds can give you heart attacks. Now, this is a twofold subterfuge because on the one hand, it covers up all the adverse events from the vaccine because if she's a news presenter in America, you know she's vaccinated because they had to be to continue to work. That's so... So it covers up the adverse events. Number two, it also creates a new market for vaccines. Vaccines against common colds. Because you're terrifying people into thinking that a common cold can give you a heart attack and myocarditis and pericarditis and they release a vaccine which is going to, in their words, maybe they might say it's 95% effective at preventing symptomatic infection of the normal cold and flu virus. Do you think more people are going to go out and get it when they're shit scared of getting myocarditis? Probably. This mRNA platform sucks. Yeah, they just don't want to admit that it doesn't work. Yeah. Well, but, worse than that, it does damage. Uh, uh, but that's sort of what makes you wonder is you go, like, it, 
is it they, they don't want to admit that the, the platform itself doesn't work or does cause damage? Or was that half the point? Because they've tried mRNA before. Uh, so when SARS-CoV-1 came out, they trialed mRNA vaccines and they canned them because um, the all the ferrets that they, they used in the trials, they, they originally got good antibody responses, which is what you want to see, which is what we saw in the, the vaccine rollout for COVID. People showed that they had antibodies. But then when they actually got exposed down the track to the wild virus, their bodies went into cytokine storm and all the ferrets died. So they, they canned the technology back then. That was like 10 years ago. Now we've just rolled it out with... And that was one of the things that Dell Bigtree went into again on Dr. Drew. So we'll put that link in because it was interesting to listen to from his perspective. Yeah. Was how uh, all of the hoops that they, they would normally have to jump through using media and fear and building that climate meant that they could literally just avoid all of them and jump straight into approving this brand new technology. And the other thing which they said, which I had didn't know about, was using using other trialed uh, drugs as the comparison for the new one. So yeah. let's trial one. Okay, we won't trial against something that's out there that works. We'll trial it against another um, one in development. And, oh, this one's better. Hey, this one's got a 30% better uh, uh, safety profile than this one. That's right. Okay, and, and put it on a report. Yeah. I ran this exercise with someone during the week. We read the phase three clinical trial together. Pfizer. Pfizer, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, it was interesting because, now, I did bait, I did bait the guy and he took the bait. You are a master beta. Yeah, I am a master beta. He go um, talking about the ninety six percent, ninety five percent efficacy. Efficacy. Yeah. And I'm like, is it ninety five percent efficacy? And he goes, Oh, look, it's pretty ambiguously written, and you know, it's probably like you know, there's probably other factors in there. Like, okay, we'll read on, we'll read on, we'll read on, and then uh, they say ninety five again I'm like okay so was it 95% effective I said oh no look he goes look it's pretty ambiguously written and I'm like exactly it yeah. is very ambiguously written yeah so and is I that said, enough is you... that enough basis to approve off if it's yeah, ambiguously I said, written I said if you're about to roll out a therapeutic across the entire world don't you think ambiguous is like not <laughs> that's not good enough yeah and he just got like he's literally his shoulders just dropped and he goes oh yeah like I can I can see your point it would literally be and like someone coming into worse. you to buy a car and being like, what engine does it have? And you're like, it could have this engine or it could have that engine. It gets even you still going to buy it? I never read the disclaimer on it. So yeah. I've read the face through clinical trial, but I haven't read the disclaimer. Now, the disclaimer is longer than the actual report, okay? But it basically says we will not be held responsible if those figures are wrong yep. that we quoted, or if the science changes and it said that, uh, that that nothing in here is right, we take no responsibility. It, it the whole report is a waste of time. Like yeah. it is, and, it is. It says nothing. And they it, all it was was marketing. It was a marketing sure. press release, and they're right. But it wasn't even that. It was a sample brochure. Like it was. It, it had. It's not even like a. It wasn't even like a polished. Uh, it was a it was a generic template 
for a new release yeah. and that was enough to get the fda to give it emergency use author- authorization that yeah. is and wild like let me let me try to break this down as succinctly as i possibly can because we've spoken about it a million times but why it's relevant when we're speaking about john skerritt re- uh retiring as the head of the tga so pfizer gets to come out and do their own clinical trial because they pay for them and get to make these ridiculous claims of 95% efficacy at preventing symptomatic infection. They also get to write in a absolute dog's breakfast of disclaimers in their own document as well. And if any of you have been following along, you will know that Pfizer did pay the largest criminal fine in history. It was $2.3 billion for, and the fine was for misrepresenting a drug and its benefits. And basically mismarketing. So we've they've done the same thing. Mm. But they did learn the lesson. And the lesson was get indemnity from the governments up front yeah. this time. Because they yeah. didn't have indemnity last time. So when they did it last time and it hurt people, well, they got fined and they had to take that drug off the market. This time around, they got indemnity up front from all of the governments in the world, except a few, were like India, for example. So the, I watched a story recently about how... Uh, India never used Pfizer vaccines is because India is one of the only countries that uh, they requested to do their own local clinical trial. Pfizer refused. And they also refused to give Pfizer immunity. So Pfizer didn't agree to sell them any vaccines. Do you remember, there was a bit of like, they had a rocky start because remember India was getting hammered and they said, give us the recipe and we'll make it. We'll make it here because we can spin it up faster than what you can give it to us. Yeah. And remember, Bill Gates said, no, that's not right. You shouldn't do that. Yeah, that's like, right. The COVAX like they, scheme, the, yeah, the rich yeah. countries to do it first and the rich countries... They don't have it, the expertise to create these vaccines and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but even so, so... So going back to like this sort of stepped out process. So uh, I read a press release just... When I tried to look up John Skerritt's resignation earlier today, there was a brief press release from him and Greg Hunt. And it was just after they had received the um, adverse event reports on AstraZeneca. So remember when they, they stopped uh, rolling out AstraZeneca in Australia because yeah. like 14 people got um, uh, thrombocytopenia and blood yeah. clots and died. So the press release, in the press release it says that uh, we, the, the TGA's uh, approval standards are like world-class and it, it goes through all of this stuff about how world-class their safety and approval processes is. But then what that BMJ report uncovered was what we knew so, and what we were saying to you guys sort of very early on in the vaccine rollout. When the TGA was saying that they approved these vaccines based off the best available data, the best available data was provided to them by Pfizer. So again, taking another step back, what a lot of people don't understand, I didn't know about this until the pandemic. So... Here's, here's the things I learned from the pandemic. Number one, I thought the TGA was 100% taxpayer funded to keep us safe from pharmaceutical companies who are trying to profit at our expense. Wrong. That is not the case. They're 96% funded by pharmaceutical companies. So that's a big one. Number two, I thought when a clinical trial was peer reviewed, that meant that the entire data set was sent to experts in that field for them to review and then they tick it off given the big tick of approval wrong that's dead fucking wrong because when a in america the way that the approval process works 
when a drug company runs their own clinical trial and they're always the ones that pay for it because they cost millions of dollars to run a clinical trial and you're only going to pay that money if you're going to get a financial windfall out of it by getting drug approved. So they pay for the clinical trial to run and then that means they own the data. So when the peer reviewers see review the data, all they get to review is what the pharmaceutical company cares to share with them. And what you'll probably remember from recently reading Pfizer's phase three trial uh, was they were t- they they specifically mentioned that the real world performance may differ from the trial results, yeah. Because they knew it was going to differ <laughs> because their yeah. own trial showed them massive amounts of adverse events and that it didn't work. Because they did another analysis like six months later and it showed that more people in the vaccinated group ended up getting COVID than in the unvaccinated group. And then also what happened? It was after a month after that trial, the trial results came out and they approved these drugs. They said, oh, this vaccine's so good, it would be unethical not to vaccinate the control group. So they went ahead and got all of them vaccinated as well. So there will never be the control group that we required, apart from me and Alex. (laughs) We're the control group and we're, we're doing okay. I think you and so, I are both healthier now than we were when the pandemic started. I am. Yeah, yeah I'm eight kilos down. I'm there you fit, go. Fit as a fiddle. Uh, fit as a fiddler. Just per chance, um, John Barillara is trending on Twitter currently. Oh no way! What's he done? Uh, this is breaking news, ladies and gentlemen. I will. I will pull it up. So his <laughs> assault charge got dismissed okay. on mental health grounds. Right. And, uh, but there's also... So can you literally just say, I went mental and hit that guy? And that's mental yeah, health not? grounds? Why not? And uh, then the... Uh, he There's another investigation coming. Where was it? Where was it? Where was it? Sorry. Can you go back down? What was that bushfire headline? Yeah, I'm trying to find the... I'm trying to find the real story. Hold on. There is a... Yeah, bushfire grants... Or I'll, thought, uh, I'll refer you to the office of ICAC. So New South Wales Labor leader Chris Min says he will give John Barillara 24 hours to stump up and answer questions about why his office intervened in a $100 million bushfire recovery program or he will refer the matter to the corruption watchdog. Right. Oh, it's coming. Mm. Uh, hold on, why is that not sharing? Share this tab. Um New South Wales Labor leader Chris Min says, okay, I've read that bit. The ultimatum follows a scathing investigation by the New South Wales Auditor General into the Bushfire Local Economic Recovery Program released on Thursday, which found a lack of transparency in funding projects as well as Barilaro's office making decisions outside its remit. Can we pause you right there? Mm. This, this just keeps following the same shit we keep hearing. Why is it okay that governments can use public funds and then hide what those public funds are being spent on? Mm-hmm. This is not okay. So as a, as a Western democratic nation, our acceptance of governments taking our money and not telling us what they're spending on it is far too high. Stop accepting that. Former New South Wales Supreme Court Judge Anthony Wheelie KC backed the call for a corruption probe and said the Independent Commission Against Corruption need not wait for a referral. If it is a deliberate decision made for political gain, it would easily fall within the definition of corrupt conduct in ICAC legislation, therefore it should be referred and considered by ICAC. I say prima... What's that? Prima, prima facie? facie. 
Uh, Faishi, the Auditor General report reveals sufficient evidence of warranted initial investigation by ICAC into I the matter. I think that's something like at first glance or something. Let me let me look up the meaning. Of uh, if we don't get answers today, I mean, in the next 24 hours, I do believe it needs to be referred to ICAC to determine what happened here. I think it's basic fact of Australian life that if you're in a disaster zone, you need help for your own government. It will come. It doesn't matter which party you voted for at the last election. Following the meeting of National Cabinet Friday, Prime Minister Anthony Albanese said disaster relief should be distributed on the basis of need. Quite clearly, it shouldn't be politicised. We all have responsibility responsibility to deliver where it's needed, not to deliver politically. So, um, he, he famously referred to himself as Pork Barilaro. Yeah, 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 yeah. And is that not something similar that his boss, Gladys Berejiklian, did with some public funds and just happened to direct it to a the the dude she was uh, in, having an intimate yeah. affair with? Yeah. Hitting the hay Now, okay, so this, this segues just, just into... Just for the record, um, prima facie is a Latin word used to mean at first sight or on its face. So oh, there you go. I was correct. There you go. Look how smart I am. This, this rolls into something that I want to, to want to bring up. So Jason and I have had some discussions over the last couple of days on what it is that we do about situations such as this massive amounts of corruption, uh, therapeutics been forced on people that don't do what they say on the packet and potentially damage people. Mm-hmm. Now, we have two different schools of thought. Do you want to start with yours or do you think I should start with mine? Um, you can start with yours. I actually don't think... I think that our schools of thought overlap more than what you think, but uh, maybe the way that we articulate them is is not okay. as succinct. But you can you can start with yours. So I am putting it all on the self responsibility wagon. So I am saying that everyone out there should do whatever is best for themselves. And Rand Atlas shrugged. If you've read the book, I haven't read the book. I've I've read like. PDF summarising it and I've watched a movie uh, but I, I've, I've listened to heaps of um, interviews with her she's got some really good points which is about self-responsibility, look after you and your patch and if you do that to the best of your ability everyone around you will benefit okay mm-hmm. so um, I know that corruption is rife within our government I know that I can talk about it, but I also know that I have very little uh, hand in changing that. The only thing I can do is what I can do when an opportunity comes up uh, where where I can act in my best interests, I will, and where I can inform someone that maybe does not know that this stuff is happening, I can inform them. Mm-hmm. But I also think that you're never, ever, ever going to get rid of it. I think for as long as humans... I think it's inbuilt in the human psyche to be corrupt. I think everyone, it will be corrupt to some level, and especially when our system allows it. Uh, you know, even this ICAC thing. ICAC's not going to do anything. Even if they find him guilty, they'll do nothing. ICAC's so, a toothless tiger, yeah. Yeah, correct. So, so, but because I know that, I'm not putting any energy or effort into outrage about corruption in government. Of course, government is corrupt. Um, in terms of like, look, the, the, the vaccine was a shocking one. Like the, the 
closing down of businesses. And now I operated my business the whole time. Like that was my, that was my, uh, I wasn't going to let them tell me what I could and couldn't do when none of it, none of it stacked up. They were, were saying it's because of the health advice that they wouldn't show you. So my, um, what was it? My, uh, the actions that I took were the actions that would benefit me and my, uh, me and my family. Mm-hmm. That's where my energy goes. And yeah. that's where I think, oh, and also like some of this financial stuff, you know, um, I haven't had any government money. The only government money I've ever had was the first home buyers grant in 20, uh, 2008. Uh, and now having, looking back at it now, that was a mistake because it, it's, it's all fake. Like well, it just yeah. literally supercharged the, uh, the price of the housing market. Mm-hmm. I don't want any government money. I don't need it. <clears throat> I'll make my own. And I want the government to stay out of my life. So I will listen to the government as little as I can. Cool. So my perspective differs. Oh, sorry. It, one, one, one last thing. I think the world is getting better, not worse. Okay. So my perspective on this is, and let, let me just start with what promoted this conversation that Alex and I had in the beginning was he sent a couple of pictures into our group chat of a socialist Marxist conference uh, posters like advertising this conference and he said where where do you think I am and turns out he was walking around one of the universities in Brisbane and we so we started on this on this conversation about communism and you know agreeing that uh, the institutions of like universities and stuff like that they are being infected with sort of communism and very far left ideals and we've sort of both generally agreed that it's an issue but we differed on how it is that you would approach the issue um i am a believer in personal responsibility i always have been i think this is part of our upbringing we had uh we are the children of immigrants that moved here with no so they had no support base no no family backing no money no government handouts because they weren't citizens and they just worked hard and made a life for themselves mm-hmm. So that is ingrained in our psyche. We will always be workers. We will do what we need to do to to survive and hopefully thrive in this country. What I'm where my concerns are are personal responsibility only gets you so far when you live in a democratic society that the majority makes the decisions when it comes to politics. And what my concern is is if left unchecked, and when I say unchecked, I mean unspoken about, you can do as much personal responsibility as you want until the walls close in around you. And we experienced that during COVID. We experienced that with vaccine mandates. We experienced that with uh, closing the borders, locking people out of their home states, uh, refusing to let people come back to their own country, even though the your passport specifically states that it gives you free passage to your country and over any state border in the country and we saw how quickly people power can be manipulated to take away the rights of the individual so where where i think that i should put a lot of my energy is like look i take personal responsibility for my own stuff but at the same time i want to get the word out there to as many people as we possibly can because when i see an issue and i identify an issue I want to show people that that issue is coming before it gets here because when it gets here, it's too late. 
And that's one of the things I think we have tried to do a lot with this podcast is, you know, go back to, I talk about all the time, episode 15, question everything. I think it was November 2020. We spoke about things that we were seeing from overseas. We spoke about vaccine passports, which back then, um, the original passport idea was whether or not you had COVID, like, which ironically would have been a more suitable passport rather than a surveillance tool. It would have possibly been helpful. Um, so we we're warning about the drip feeding of these things into society and the issue that we've got and I'm all well and good for having personal responsibility with literally everything in life except for the fact that in this country the majority rules and the majority is disinterested and open to manipulation quite easily and we've one of the things that we've spoken about during the last few months but particularly the pandemic has been the censorship why is censorship important? Because if there's only one viewpoint out there in the marketplace, people think that that's what everyone thinks. And that's not, not necessarily the case. So you, you're actually seeing that uh, at the moment with the, uh, the voice to parliament uh, referendum that's coming up. There is active censorship going on with the no vote. And I'm not going to comment on, on the voice to parliament itself now. All I'm commenting on is the fact that there is obviously government funded, meaning taxpayer funded, uh, advertising of the yes vote for the referendum and there has been provable active suppression by social media companies of no vote advertising so that's not democracy to me democracy is supposed to be we have an idea we need to decide as a society where we want to go and how we are going to approach this idea so the two sides should be able to debate openly, honestly, and freely in a public space and then the people get to decide and we all have to wear it because the majority rules. But we're not seeing that. And until... Exactly, I agree. Yeah. And that's why And that's why the, the solution to me, the most efficient use of my time and energy is to help people that are willing to be helped and the people that aren't the people that aren't willing to peel one layer back that aren't willing to do the work deserve whatever they get but i disagree with that because those people who aren't willing to peel a layer back is because they don't understand that they need to so you and me let's let's use us as an example the reason why we even think like this at all is because we've been burnt before and we got tricked and we got tricked by the war on terror that was the one that got us. You, you've said the story on the podcast before yourself. You saw those planes hit the towers and you were re- like you were in air cadets. You were ready to enlist and go and fight for this country. And now in the, with the benefit of hindsight, you can see that you were lied to, you were tricked, and you could have gone and laid your life down for bullshit profiteering. And you'll never do that again. So the, there is a large percentage of our population who this COVID will be their war on terror moment for them. And they won't make the same mistake next time, but they made it this time because they didn't know any better. But they wouldn't have been told anyway. So, so everyone they wouldn't have been told. Everyone's on their own journey, and people cannot be told stuff. No one, no one that I let me finish. Let mm -hmm. me finish. Nobody has changed their tune in my network. No one has changed their tune without seeing it for themselves. Yeah, but we have changed policy. So to give the best example of why you need to speak about issues that are important, the only reason why vaccine mandates are gone is because enough people spoke against them. If people took your route and went, you know what, 
I can't change anything. I'm going to go personal responsibility. So I'm going to go and start my own business where I don't need to get the vaccine because it's not mandated in that, in that industry. And I'm going to make my own money and I'm going to shield myself from all of it. Guess what? The vaccine mandates would have come for that industry eventually. The only reason why they're gone was because there was enough pushback. And you can see in the data now with the uptake of booster shots, as soon as mandates are gone, people stop taking them. Because the 60% of people that sit in the silent majority in the middle, they just do what they're told and go with the crowd and do whatever it is they need to do to live their lives. The actual um, policy of the country is decided by the fringes. Like, we're seeing that. I don't so, necessarily agree with the... It was because people were uh, outland, like outspoken about... It could, it could also be argued that there's a bunch of people just like me who were skirting the rules the entire time and they realised that it was an ineffective way of doing what they wanted to do. So it's hard, I mean, it's hard to say. We don't so let know me ask you this. Let me ask you this, though, and, and I want you to give me an honest, good faith answer. If there wasn't protests every week down in Melbourne and Sydney, do you really think the vaccine mandates would have been removed? Uh, I uh, Genuinely, I don't know. I don't know. I think there could have been another catalyst for... There could have been like a high court legal thing that they couldn't put through. I, I don't know. I don't think the protest... I didn't go to protest. So, so protest. okay. So let me, give you, let, me, let me build on that a little bit. Nobody protests back when... Uh, so when September 11 happened and the war on terror began and they brought in all of the anti-terrorism controls, there weren't protests out in the street against those controls all the different things that we had to change with our lives because they brought correct. in the new security big, state. But I don't think that's correct. I think there were. I Okay. Well, I don't remember seeing them. But none yeah. of those or, things none of those things have gone it. away. The security state's gotten worse in the last 20 years. It hasn't mm. gotten it hasn't gotten easier on anyone. It's actually gotten more strict. Mm. And I don't remember seeing any protests back then. And maybe I'm naive. Maybe 20 years ago there was less, obviously there wasn't social media and all those sorts yeah, of things. Right. So maybe I had less of an opportunity to see it. But you used to have to do it via text message back then, do big spams on, te- on via text. Yeah. That was, yeah. that was the only way or to get email message, chains yeah. or, or message boards on, uh, on the yeah. internet. But, but the thing is like people power is extremely important. And what I, what I do have concerns about in a democratic country where the majority rules is if all the capable people like you just go, I'm just going to take care of myself. I can't change anything. If everyone has that mindset, then you won't be able to change anything. And the march rolls on and it progressively gets closer and closer until it does affect you and and takes away your means. Read or watch, um, uh, Atlas Shrugged because it's exactly what happens. So what happens is all the people that do what I what I do end up in Utopia because you we're, because I'm always going to figure out the way to best pr- look after my family, right? Mm-hmm. So whatever whatever that is, that's where I'm going to love. All the other people that think like me will do the exact same thing, and then you're going to have this thriving metropolis full of go getters and 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 all in one place, kicking it. That's yeah. that's the story of um. And look, okay, that that is one story, but hey, I didn't see it during the pandemic. Like there wasn't some utopia that you could go to 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 remove yourself from the pandemic, and then everything was going to be all good. No, like, no, if I, there was I, no. Pushback, I disagree. I disagree. I disagree. Like my life's way better now since that because of the because of the steps I've taken. 
I'm in a I'm, I'm in a better physical, emotional, mm-hmm. financial, uh, uh, um, uh, like uh, work work wise. I'm better in every facet now than I was before. But I don't think society's better. Just because you personally made the best, and of I don't a, care. Just because you what, personally made the best of a bad bad situation doesn't mean that's the right thing for society. So that might be the right thing for you. Yes, this is my point. Yeah, my point. And please, everyone, put what you think in the comments. Yeah, like, definitely I'm let us really, know in the comments really what you interested. think. Because it sounds, I sound heartless, right? But if everyone did, if everyone who wanted to act, because I believe, like you've said, so you you keep saying it's a democracy. Yeah, it's a democracy full of people that don't care and are going to go with the flow mm-hmm. i know i can't change their mind i've i i, I i'm a salesman i i know that i only get a 25 percent cut through <laughs> trying to sell something that the customer wants mm-hmm. let alone something they don't want right um so the energy that i'm that same energy that i could put in to try to bring people over or try to show them the way if i put that in myself and my family unit and my friends i thrive and they thrive so I don't think that you really believe that because let's like, cause why do we do this podcast? And you can claim that it's because you want to help the people who care enough about themselves to, mm-hmm. to learn and do the right things. So let's say that this podcast gets 5 million subscribers in Australia. Mm-hmm. You will affect policy by saying the same things that you're saying now. But I'm not putting the energy in it to like, I'm not, uh, it would not be my primary motive. And so let's say, let's say we've got 5 million people. Those 5 million people have made the decision themselves to listen to it. Good on them. Yeah. Perfect. Yep. And that, that's cool. And, and, and I'm, I'm for And that. you will be in a position to affect policy and their lives. I don't think so. I don't think so. How can you not think so? No, their you lives... Think, their, you don't think 5 million yes, people is enough no. to affect policy in, in a country of 26 million people? No, you're kidding yourself, We've already yourself, illustrated, already illustrated the, 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 the government is corrupt. They don't care about you. They yep. don't care about the people. They're going to spin a story any way they want. They're going to they're gonna uh, uh, give $100 million worth of fire relief to whoever um, is going to benefit them. It mm-hmm. is corrupt, and I know it's corrupt. And, and in a country corrupt, where 5% of people refuse to get vaccinated, they got rid of mandates. So 5 million people is a lot more than 5% of 26 mil. Which could be argued that it was always going to come, uh, uh, disappear anyway. Oh, you can argue that if it suits your argument, but I don't think it would have disappeared if people didn't push back and didn't push back publicly. I push back my way. I push back in... I got everything I wanted... I did everything I wanted. I I positioned myself to put my to take the most advantages I could. Mm-hmm. And I'm definitely not saying that you shouldn't do that in in lieu of trying to affect public policy. I'm I'm all for personal responsibility and improving your own personal situation. Mm-hmm. It's one of the big drivers behind us doing this podcast in the first place is we do want to benefit people on a personal level because the first rule of safety if you don't keep yourself safe you can't save anyone Correct. else so you need and to be in a powerful position and a strong position speaking of that um that socialist poster that i saw today mm-hmm. i think it's funny and what i why i'm not scared of that movement in the slightest is that the position that these people will be in with uh the, the belief in themselves that they have all this 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 knowledge and that 
socialist system means that they're going to create themselves, they're going to position themselves as pawns. And like, like the, mm. the, the, um, and what I find interesting is that it's easy to convince the people on the bottom that everyone should be equal, right? Yep. But if you can't be from the, the, you can't be from the equal zone and the, and the, the bottom end pulling people down, ain't going to happen. <laughs> that ain't going to happen. And once but these in a, guys in a country earn, that and once these, has... let me finish, let me finish, let me finish. Mm-hmm. And once these guys start earning money, for their labor and they realize ah what they want is like they want mine now so that effort that i put in they they want that they will they will go they will leave that group behind yeah but in a country like ours which is drastically increasing the cost of living by man-made design not by chance not by putin's price rise it's the decisions that we're making you are creating more and more people every single day who are at the bottom who communism and equality and equity sound really really uh uh, appealing to and as i've said before my biggest concern about this country is as a democracy majority rules so if you create through your decisions as a government more poor people whilst simultaneously promising poor people a better life that is a fast track to a 50% plus one majority to win the next I election. I totally and agree. Mind. I totally agree with you. Yeah. That's why I won't be poor. <laughs> because yeah. and anyone that can read the games and won't trust and the, the system. problem is... That, when... Let me finish. Let me finish. Mm-hmm. Anyone that, won't tr- that wants to trust a system to provide them with a life mm-hmm. is doomed to fail. Yeah, and when the communists get 50% plus one of the vote and put in communist policies which pull the money off the rich and give it to the poor, you won't be rich anymore, dude. No. That's the problem. They're not taking my money, man. I won't be here. Yeah, the, <laughs> cool, the Kulak said that back under Stalin as well too, mate. And look what happened to A lot to of me. people got out. A lot right. of people got out. And on that note, let us Could know in the comments what do you guys please. think. Put yourself in the comments, yeah. So, two things we want to know about. What do you think about this current debate? Also, why did you come and see us in the first place? Because we would really appreciate the feedback. But I got to go. So, on that note, thanks very much for joining us, guys. And we will see you next week. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.